Hello and welcome back to another edition of Podcast from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. We're sticking with the energy crisis today because it remains easily the biggest clear and present danger to us all as a society and an economy and also because the solutions to the crisis are right in front of us. Increasingly, the go-to answer is renewable technology. Sure, it has its detractors and there are scores of older engineers in and out of ESCOM worded to this, the notion of what they call baseload uh, and that this baseload is somehow irreplaceable. Be that as it may, it's clear the only immediate alternative is renewable energy. It's quick and it's there and it's proven. Even then, every decision made now, every tender awarded still has to secure financing and has to get built and then it has to get connected to ESCOM's grid. In the best of worlds, that might take 18 months. In South Africa, it seems to be taking a little longer, if not much longer. And worse, it can sometimes seem that the renewables we're buying are all very well in terms of the megawatts they're going to produce. But there's a big question, surely, over why we are producing so little storage in our renewable schemes. Why so few batteries? Why create power if you can't keep it for when you need it? My guest today, Frank Spencer, head of deployment at Bushveld Energy, made an impassioned plea, not merely for batteries, but for a relatively little discussed ore called vanadium, which Bushfield Energy's parent, London-listed Bushfield Minerals, mines in Limpopo. Vanadium, Spencer wrote, could become essential as part of our transition to a cleaner energy mix. That's because it could be used as a reliable, long-duration storage system. And what's more, those batteries could be made here in South Africa. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. I'm very keen to understand all of the renewables possibilities we have, and it seems that batteries are a sort of black sheep in the renewables revolution. The IRP of 2019, the big government main energy plan, makes very little room for them, and, a, and even an upcoming first storage bid window for IPPs is relatively small. In simple words, can you help us understand what Bushfield Power can do to add to the mix that would help South Africa out? Uh, good afternoon, Peter, and, and hello to your listeners as well, and thank you for that. So I do think that right now we are at the infancy of the market for storage. As you have alluded, the deployment of renewables is the fastest and arguably also the cheapest way of adding new generation to the grid, something that we absolutely need to do and needs to be green. But we are very quickly going to run into the limits of how much solar and how much wind we can build in terms of grid capacity and the ability to absorb that power when the wind is blowing full force and the sun is at its peak. And this is where we are absolutely convinced the market for large utility scale batteries will grow in the next sort of two to five years in order to accommodate the rapid deployment of renewables. So the government procurement numbers might look low, but our expectation is that not only will this grow from the public side, but also from the private side, we are seeing uh, a plans afoot, if you like, for, for gigawatt hours worth of storage to come to the grid in the next decade or so. And tell us a little bit about vanadium. It's commonly known as a hardening element in some special steels, I think, and it's Easy to forget, of course, that what we call high-failed steel is actually high-failed steel and vanadium. But it's a bit of a leap from strengthening steel to storing electricity. What's the? How does that happen and how are you guys involved? So, indeed, the primary market for vanadium globally is to go into steel to make it stronger. 
But one of the unique aspects of vanadium is its ability when put in solution to actually hold energy or hold uh, electron storage through a, a redox process, a reduction oxidation process, moving electrons and, and hydrogen ions between two tanks that basically store the electricity like a battery. And this technology is already sort of 50 years old in its development. There just really hasn't been much of a case for this sort of business technology because it is applicable to very, very large batteries but uh, and long duration batteries, meaning batteries that have to work for a good portion of the day every day. But we are seeing the applications both globally and in South Africa for these types of batteries. And this does present South Africa with a unique opportunity to deploy this battery technology because we do have some of the world's largest vanadium reserves within South Africa. And we're seeing that other battery technologies are becoming more and more focused on, on mobility, if you like. So cars and smartphones and laptops, that's, that's where we're seeing lithium deployed. Whereas for the sort of large grid batteries that we need, vanadium is, is likely to become one of the key technologies in that space. And again, because we can mine it and turn the vanadium into the electrolyte that's needed in the batteries and make the rest of the battery locally, because it actually is like a big mechanical pumping machine as a battery, there's a very strong business case to, to heavily localize this battery technology in South Africa, right from mining the vanadium out the ground to deploying the full battery itself. You, you're pressing right ahead with this, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're building, in the process of building, I think, a plant just outside East London on the West Bank, in the RDZ uh, area industrial zone. And you're going, to make, you're going to make the electrolyte, the liquid in that plant, um, but you're also going to build a big battery outside the mine where you first mined the vanadium near Brits. How big will that be? So on the production side for electrolyte, that factory that you mentioned that should be completed by the end of the year, um, a factory we're building in partnership with the IDC, will be initially be able to make up to 200 megawatt hours worth of electrolyte. But we can scale that quite quickly and rapidly to 600 megawatt hours of electrolyte per year or more, which is or is going to be initially perhaps uh, 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 too much for the South African market. But we hope that very quickly uh, uh, we will see the South African market to take that up. Um, but of course, we can export as well into what is also a growing global market. In terms of the project at our mine, so um, the major mine within the family of companies is called Vometco, and it's just outside Brits, and it is one of the largest primary mines for vanadium in the world. We, we are building a power plant at that mine. It's initially more of a demonstration project with a three and a half megawatt PV plant coupled with a one megawatt, four megawatt hour vanadium redox flow battery. That will be the largest VRFB deployed in South Africa. And what's there's a couple of things that are really exciting about the project. The first is that the vanadium was mined there at the mine. So it's a, you know, most of the battery is actually made from a product mined right there at the mine. And some other exciting parts about the project is that we actually were able to get third party financiers and banks to actually lend against the project, that we got them comfortable that the technology was mature enough to be deployed with finance. Um, which is, you know, something that's crucial in the South African market to actually have finance available for technologies. 
So it's the beginning of something much bigger in our view that we're quite excited about. So Frank, thank you. I mean, that does sound interesting. So let me just get this right. The, the IDC is a partner in this London venture, the, the, the Electrolyte. Are they also a partner in the venture you're talking about, the actual building of a, of a battery, of what they call a battery energy storage system, right? A BESS. This is a utility-scale battery. Um, is the IDC involved with that as well, or has that been privately financed, as you say, through banks? Yeah, so it's it's actually been privately financed through third party equity providers and and through banks. Um, it's actually Nessa Capital who have provided the equity for the project, and the debt provider is is Absa Bank. Okay. So the IDC isn't directly involved in the project per se, yeah. but they they are our our fifty percent shareholder in the Belco Electrolyte plant in New Right, Zealand. you're slightly edging, verging on disparaging of lithium batteries in in the article in business day could you just explain because we're all idiots out here well i certainly am what would be the difference between what i because when you read about battery deployment in the rest of the world in the states in australia china even these are giant giant best lithium-based batteries they're not vanadium batteries what is the advantage of what are the relative advantages of either? I'm speaking to you, hopefully, not just as a um, uh, as a Bushveld uh, expert, but as somebody who can just help us educate us all about batteries. What do we What do we want? What can this What can vanadium do that that lithium can't? So I certainly didn't mean to be disparaging. I, I do think we won't only see lithium and vanadium batteries, but but likely a suite of technologies in the next decade or so emerge to address different applications. I think where lithium strengths lie are in their energy density and and in their energy weight. So it's how much energy can you put into a kilogram of battery. And that becomes very important when you've got cars that that need to be low weight, same for for your devices. But but the challenges of lithium are both around their uh, uh, degradation rate or, or how many times you can use the battery before the battery becomes unusable. And you'll be aware from cell phones and laptops that after a period of use of the battery, the capacity goes down with time. The vanad- on the vanadium side, the vanadium batteries don't suffer from what we call degradation. You never lose that capacity in the battery over the at life all. of the battery at all. So it's it's very, very minor. It's 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 actually related to other issues, but but for all intensive purposes, if you were to work the battery really hard every day after 20 to 25 years, you would only just have a start to notice sort of like a 0.1% degradation. So it's a very, very, very low rate, uh, basically negligible for all intents and purposes. Another big benefit of vanadium is there's also no fire risk. So lithium batteries have had challenges around fire. And we certainly see it in, you know, at the utility scale when you have to insure a lithium battery. The insurance for lithium batteries can be quite enormous um, because of, of of possible fire risk related to lithium batteries. Um, whereas vanadium batteries, because they are actually mostly water based in a sense, because it's an acid that holds the vanadium, they they they're more likely to put the fire out than they are to to propagate a fire. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. So. If you and what about in terms of in terms of price? You know, we watch we watch international mining companies digging up uh, uh, in the Congo and all over Africa for um, uh, for, for lithium, and you know, finding lith- 
them in your within your territory has suddenly become a very important thing to do because it's the key to the future. But you're saying, one, no, that's not necessarily the case, and two, um, um, that the, the vanadium batteries that you're talking about might be overall a better safety bet. In other words, they aren't going to explode um, because they're first of all going to be standing still and not being driven around at you know great speeds in flashy cars called Tesla um, uh, or self-driven. Um, what are they? How? What is the comparison like in terms of cost? Everybody raves about how the cost of batteries or best is is falling does vanadium have that advantage as well or, or is it a bit more expensive so i think you you raised two issues there being both the price and the sustainability of the technology mm. on the price front it depends on the application so for at the sort of residential scale for a for a house backup battery this is not its application and you will find lithium is a is a better solution for that application but when you start getting to large batteries that also are going to run for more than four hours every day, which means that the energy they store is quite a lot more than their power rating, this is where vanadium batteries in terms of price start coming into their own, especially when you look at the total life cycle costs. This is a battery that is going to run for 20, 25 years with minimal maintenance, whereas lithium batteries, for example, you need to have regular uh, replacement of the battery or, or additional capacity added to the battery to keep it up to speed, so to speak. And then the other huge benefit with vanadium batteries is that they are easily either reusable or recyclable at the end of life. The electrolyte, which makes up most of the volume and weight of the battery, can easily be re redeployed into a second or third or fourth life battery because of the fact it doesn't uh, degrade. So it basically could be used for hundreds of years. And then it's also very easy to extract the vanadium from the electrolyte and reuse it in another product, for example, in the steel industry. So this what makes... Would, what would remain, what would rem if you took the vanadium out of the liquid, what would remain? Is it drinkable? So it would be, well, it would then be what we call the dry battery, which is the tanks yeah. that that hold the electrolyte, also easy to reprocess. Yeah. Um, and the stacks, which is the heart of the battery, which is basically a polymer, which is also almost like a plastic. But that's a very, very low volume you know, yeah. item and also reasonably yeah. reprocessable. Just, just to help me through, so you're going to build, you're going to build a, a solar solar array at, and in brits and you're going to and it's going to feed this battery the batteries that i've read about and the batteries that certainly are um were envisaged in the irp and are and are envisaged now in the new first bid window for storage um they're only expected to supply power for about an hour or two hours or four hours depending on how quickly they release it um your battery can your battery can supply power for longer than that. You say that's correct. So, so the the tender that's coming out from the IPP office, like the REIPP program, but for storage, that tender is expected to be at least four hours per a battery. So yeah. we expect that that tender was actually meant to be released on the thirtieth of September, but there have been some delays and it hasn't actually been released yet. But we know from the information... Not as if there's a crisis or anything, but anyway. <laughs> so we know that that will be 513 megawatts of power rating for the battery at at least four hours. 
So we we hoping once we see those documents that that vanadium could be a very good application for the government procurement that's happening out the IPP office or, or coming. And but in your article, you were you were concerned that 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 the that the, that the, the bid window didn't take into account the sort of time you would need to to build a, a vanadium battery as opposed to what i presume are the lithium batteries already in the market and and and, and quicker to deploy um surely with all the advantages you're talking about now you don't need that you don't need necessarily to go to government cap in hand and say please won't you you know won't you favor us over x or y technology if i mean if it's so manifestly better um and it's made in South Africa, it would be much more competitive because you wouldn't have to pay any import duties, you wouldn't have to pay for transport, it would be right here on on the ground. How long will it take you to build the plant at at, at Brits, starting, say, tomorrow? How What's your time scale? So the total construction timeline is basically six months, um, but, but the battery component is a much smaller portion of that building the solar plant is is the component yeah. that takes the longest time there but the challenges are more about the the scalability that in order to meet these sort of scales we actually need time to build the mines and build the factories to make the batteries in south africa so that's one of the challenges if you if you have a tender that requires you to respond say in weeks and then build the project within months thereafter it's very difficult to meet that with VRFB technology at the moment because the timeline is too fast. If we want to get to this big scale uh, of locally made batteries, and I think this is true for any battery technology, we need a runway to to launch to that. And I think that's where government um, could be uh, directly more supportive is in terms of enabling uh, that procurement uh, uh, not exclusively for vanadium, but but perhaps having a carve out for, as they've done for other technologies, we've seen carve outs for solar and for wind and for all sorts of different generation gas, um, to have a carve out on the storage side to say, well, if you're going to be a lithium battery, then maybe you have to build it quicker than a vanadium battery, but to have a, a, a vanadium battery procurement component, uh, and then the market can compete. It's It's not like there is only one manufacturer of the batteries. As you may have gathered, we actually want to sell vanadium yeah. and sell electrolyte to the batteries. Um, but globally, there's already 20 or 30 manufacturers of these batteries, and we're working with some of them to try and bring them to South Africa to make their battery tech here. And I think if there was a very clear runway for the adoption of, of vanadium batteries, it would make it a lot easier to actually bring the full manufacturing to South Africa for this technology. I only ask, right, because of the price you pay, um for um you know a helping hand from the government it might not be immediately apparent but it's there eventually i mean you could also persuade uh, private clients to buy to buy the battery and i'm thinking here of say cities like cape town which are very keen to um protect themselves from the you know the vagaries of escom supply um east london would be in the same boat uh Every any South African city would be in the same boat. I mean, if you were able to say, "Listen, we, just, you know, this is going to take um, not six months, but it might take, you know, two years uh, um, to get a battery up big enough, up and running to make a difference to your power supply," why would they? Why would they turn you away? I mean, what you want is 
um, is a fleet of working of working plant to show potential customers, including the government, here and and overseas. I'm I'm simply I'm I'm simply worried. I always worry about business asking the government for help because what all you know what happens is that uh, the the way the government helps is to impose import duties and push up prices for people who who would otherwise have bought that technology and it doesn't seem to me to be fair so as i mentioned i think on the public side the you know in terms of the national procurement i think a carve out for vanadium would would be incredibly helpful but certainly uh, uh, in terms of the, the engagement with the rest of the market and and in particular with yeah. the mining sector we are seeing that the mining sector is probably going to be the largest builder of renewables in the next five to 10 years. Um, I refer to it as a tsunami of projects because there's just, now that this cap on the size of projects has been lifted, the quantity of renewables projects underdeveloped in the mining sector is, is really, really quite exciting. But a parallel to that is that they will need batteries uh, to go with their projects, uh, certainly as they roll out more and more over time. And so we have been doing a lot of work positioning there. Um, and and I think it is a very exciting narrative. For example, if if we're one were to consider the challenges of Mpumalanga, where we have uh, a lot of coal power stations and coal mines, and, you know, in this transition yeah. to clean energy, we don't want to leave those workers and those people in those industries behind. But we also have massive vanadium deposits in Mpumalanga, and there's also masses of grid connectivity in Mpumalanga. So we could build gigawatts of PV and wind in Mpumalanga, as well as be mining strategic minerals there and building, you know, whether it's our batteries or, or solar technology or other uh, renewables components in the province to deploy into the projects being built there. And I think that's quite an exciting vision. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's exactly what ESCOM has just begun to do, haven't they? They've just been talking in the last few days about um, projects being handed to people who have bid to use ESCOM land, to rent ESCOM land for 25 years, to build solar and wind and possibly battery. But there wasn't, in, and I was wondering actually before the our conversation whether that isn't an opportunity for you because ESCOM is doing this in, in Pumalanga precisely because it's part of the just transition and the the communities where these facilities are built are the ones now living off the coal industry or the coal supply to escom um you know but if 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 you're able to i mean are you involved in any of those bids are you trying to um to get that business are you offering your technology in auctions so that escom can have a look and say okay well this is the power. So he has on it. We need, you know, he has thirty thousand hectares. Um, you know, we want some solar. We want some sensor. And by the way, we want a vanadium battery from this, these guys, Bushveld. Are you in that? Are you in that play? So we are in conversations with with some of the parties that were hmm. awarded in that land uh, tender. But of course, that's that's land for for solar and wind to be built to be wheeled through Eskom and taken by other private parties. So absolutely, if there's a, if storage is deployed as part of those projects, we do hope that we will be there um, engaging to do that. Um, but more broadly, I think that there's there's you know, no doubt that as these projects get 
built more and more of them, there's going to be a need for storage, as as I mentioned in the beginning. So we are talking to all of the private the private developers as well as the the, the actual off takers, um, and and all of them are absolutely seeing the need for storage. It might still be a couple of years away before it really, really is needed and makes full economic sense. But but that wave of storage projects is coming. We're having the wave of solar and wind right now and, and bigger and bigger waves. But there are the waves of storage following behind that that we absolutely are convinced vanadium and, and local batteries will play a strong role in. What has to happen if you if if you are a consumer? Um what has to happen to um, in your brain for you to understand that there's literally no point in 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 wind or solar unless there's storage? I mean, how it 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 it's it's, aston- it's astonishing because in fact, you know, you could you could probably if you were if you had the capacity erect a I don't know a fifty megawatt or a hundred and twenty megawatt Vanadium battery outside Buffalo City, West London, Dunsany, um, not far from where you are making the electrolyte, and it and immediately use it because you could charge it with what ESCOM power exists still during the day, even if there was no solar anywhere near it, and it would change people's lives instantly. Why? Why would people only realise way down the line? Whoops! You know, we forgot about the damn batteries, which clearly is what the government has done and is still unprepared um to to uh, to meet its bid uh, bid window one deadline you want you, you want to so i do i do i absolutely think those opportunities are there and i do think municipalities who distribute um as well as eskim are very much waking up to the value proposition that batteries can offer um, exactly to your point. Imagine that that Buffalo City, East London, did have a massive battery at their substations. Um, then, if there was load shedding from the Eskom side, they could carry on. And the the economic advantage of actually being able to offer your uh, uh, your your customers no load shedding and for business to continue as usual when when Eskom is load shedding. It's absolutely massive. We, we know that the massive, massive cost of load shedding to the economy. And, and yet Cape Town has been protected in some senses by already having a big battery. They've got yeah. the Palmeet pumped hydro system, which is, for all intents and purposes, a battery. And, and that often allows Cape Town to be two stages of load shedding less than the rest of the country. Um, I do think that the economic value of that is is huge and certainly would well justify the deployment of of batteries. So, and I know municipalities are looking into this. We City Power is is going to be doing their own tender soon for storage, and many of the municipalities are also working on on similar procurement. When you talk to potential clients, are they do they differ in the way they respond? Municipalities to from, or miners or government uh, themselves or, or ESCOM in fact um do they differ in their attitude or response to a proposition from you do you do you have to explain how important storage is or do they does everybody already know um and possibly appreciate that we might be a little late i think there's a very strong general understanding that storage can help um i think it's often seen because if if one doesn't own 
your own battery in your own house, you probably do know somebody who has their own battery in their own house. And, and so the benefit is immediately apparent when their lights are on and yours aren't during load shedding. So I think there's, mm. there's almost an instinctive appreciation of the value that batteries can offer. I think it's really when you get into the detail that it gets more challenging, particularly for us. Um, you know, the market is generally very well aware of, of lead acid batteries and lithium batteries, whereas despite the fact that vanadium batteries are a mature technology, it's not a technology that's well known or well understood. And this also is a challenge when it comes to procurement, because if you write a tender that says buy a lithium battery, well, then we're, we're out from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention the other nuances of the different technologies. So, so we do find that almost irrespective of the customer we're talking to, there is an understanding that storage is necessary, but there's generally a very uh, poor understanding of, of vanadium redox flow batteries and their value. And processes. so the, the, the plant that you're building outside Brits is going to be a model that you can take potential clients to, to watch, to, I don't know how you watch a battery working, but, but, um, you can switch off the electricity. Uh, you can switch off ESCOM and dare somebody to hold onto that cable over there, right? Um, exactly. Well, well. Again, what's quite exciting because this is a flow battery. There literally are pumps making a noise, moving the electrolyte around in the system. So, at least you can hear something that it's working. But absolutely, you know, I think it's it's really important to have a big battery, a big vanadium battery, actually built and running in South Africa. That people can go and and kick the tires yeah. at, because although there are thousands of them globally, uh, it is very important to be building South African track record um, to give confidence that the technology can work here in our conditions. Um, something we are convinced of, and and we hope to also bring others to the party on. Yeah, Frank. Just very briefly before we close, those pumps you're talking about, can they be powered by the battery as well? I mean, can the battery charge itself? Well, it can't charge itself, but it is self-operating. You you will always need an external source to charge, whether it's a solar plant like in our yeah. case, or if it's the grid. I mean, one big application is also what we call tariff arbitrage, where you can buy electricity when it's cheap and then use the battery to offset when the electricity is expensive. There's, even municipalities can do this in terms of buying from Eskom. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah exciting times. Well, Frank, Spencer, what a pleasure to talk to you. I've learned a whole lot today, and I hope people who listen to this also learn a lot, and I hope you, more doors open for you, um, not just because this is a potentially um, uh, good winner for South Africa, but because it's just a good idea, and it might be a better battery after all. Um, and I thank you once again very much for your help. Good luck uh, with the project in East London and the project near Brits. Um, I'm going to follow it much more closely than I have been. And uh, for people listening to, to this, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you very much. And um, we'll see you next week. And if you live in Durban, by the way, please don't swim in your ocean for a while. Um, it's not clean. Um, and, uh, you know, one day when, when, when Frank has got his batteries up and running properly, um, Durban may get its pumps working as well and stop polluting the way it is at the moment. But um, I'll be back next week with another guest on a challenging um, topic. And I hope you join me then. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.